cold open time. Um, this one was a bit of a monster on the editing side because uh, some audio was lost um, in the recording. So if there's anything a little weird in the middle, I apologize. I tried my best to recover the lost audio as best I could. Um, sorry for the late episode. It's just it was a lot of work trying to figure out how to get as much of it back as I could. Uh, anyway, enjoy what is left of the episode. Hey Rob, I uh, fucked up my description of meteors, meteorites, and meteoroids last week. Uh, what are we doing here? Did you get comments? I, I didn't get comments. I got me thinking, shower, literally shower thoughts, going, what did I... Yeah, that was probably wrong. And then I looked it up and I was like, yep, that was wrong. <laughs> so that's like a bad sign because people who listen to podcasts, one of their favorite things to do is to find small errors and email about them. If listening to all other podcasts is any indication. <laughs> because like the errors that are get caught that they have to go back and correct, are sometimes so pedantic that it blows my mind. And you not knowing the meaning of three words seems like great fodder for someone to email in about. So, uh, can I tell you a secret, Rob? I forgot about the episode until today, so I haven't put it up yet. So I'm guessing we will receive at least a comment or two (laughs) when I put it up. I was like, I don't remember an episode ever showing up on Friday. (laughs) Ah. Yeah. So there you go. So this is probably... one case where it actually wasn't my fault. That was no. actually a pretty good episode. Yeah, and it's gonna go up. I just it it got in my inbox and then got pushed down, and it just happened. So, I so you may have noticed, uh, as a astute listener, that Stephen is here. <laughs> but we're doing a little bit of a curveball episode because Stephen is here not to discuss a book, but instead for the shits and. The I, I, I gave up on reading. <laughs> I mean, so the, I mean, like generally speaking, I'm just I'm just not going to read anymore. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have made that decision. You would not be I'm, the first. This is true. I'm, well, we have found that the problem for all of us is that actually sitting down to read can sometimes be hard when life is hectic. I would love to say it's Aaron's fault that we're not <laughs> reviewing the book today, but if we're going to be honest. None of us have finished the books. Uh, I just happened to be the furthest behind, so it's probably mostly my I fault. I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't gonna even point that out. I was gonna uh, let it decide. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna be fair, I am the most at fault, considering that if you guys had been a little bit, if we had all just taken, uh, like, extrapolated our progress and gone to the to you guys being finished, I would still not be finished. How far along Except are you? We aren't. Uh, about 50% of the way through The Color of Magic, which is not far enough Oh, along. we've made about the same amount of progress. Okay, <laughs> okay sweet. <laughs> you know, so let me, let me ask a quick question. Uh, we're not going to go into the book today, obviously, but do you think you guys have not been able to finish it purely because of time commitment, or has this book failed to capture your attention like some of the other books have? So that you're just not as motivated to read it as you were some of the other books. For 
the former. For me, it's a combination of I did start a new job, but also this started like right in the middle of me hardcore binging a new video game. So it's a com. And which video game is uh, that? I finally got around to buying Sekiro. Mm. Say what? Sekiro? Shadows Die Twice? I don't think I, I know what that is. I've heard of it. It's I've made by the it. same people who make uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Oh, uh, okay. Is it like those games? It's pretty similar, but they change a lot for it. For one, it's a, uh, like, it's more of a character-driven, like, story kind of game. So instead of just, like, making a character, you you play as a specific person who actually, like, has dialogue and a personality and stuff. And the boss fights are not just because they're hard, but because of some event that is happening that you're supposed to be well, fighting I mean, for? that was never the case in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. It's just the way they tell the story is is a lot different. It's not nearly as straightforward. You have to like dig around and find it yourself. But this is a, mm, yeah. this is like a genre game. This is like Sengoku period, Japan ninjas and samurai and shit. Um, now what system do you play games PS4. on? PS4. Ah, okay. But uh, as far as difficulty goes, Sekiro is even harder than any of the previous games. It's a <laughs> fucking pain in the ass. Like, I I do not even try to fight bosses without looking up strategies first. I just don't have the patience yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, I kind of want to continue the game, get the story. This is the the um, first game where like even people who are normally hardcore defenders of the games as being like, it's not about difficulty. They have good stories and stuff. Even them, they're like, yeah, this game is just kind of punishing for no reason and it's kind of lame <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's kind of like the dark dark souls get some of that criticism as well yeah. <laughs> right it's like do you want to be pissed off all the time here you go i mean there's other games um, that are like that on purpose like super meat boy it's a different oh. genre a different type of game but games like that that are just hard for the sake of being hard so that's that if true. you do end up beating it you know, you can show everyone the achievement screenshot you took of you having beat the game. And yeah, yeah, I did very much enjoy Super Meat Boy, though. That's a fun game. Did you ever beat it? No, I just yeah. played it, played it for funsies, and then got to a point where it was too hard, and so I stopped. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. That, that's like most people, I think. Um, well, anyway, to clarify, though, I wanted to bring it full circle and just make sure I said I don't remember what I said in last week's episode. I'd have to list listen back but i'm gonna tell everyone what the truth is so that we all get to learn together a meteoroid is an object in space that if it entered earth's atmosphere would become the next word a meteor and a meteor is an object currently going through earth's atmosphere on fucking fire because of all the uh heat created by wind not technically fire but the heat created by wind resistance uh uh a meteorite is when one of those things hits the earth it is now a meteorite so a meteoroid is in space a rock in space a meteor is a rock or thingy going through the atmosphere and showing us lights 
and a meteorite is a la- a rock having gone through both of those states, landing in Earth's crust. Now, Mr. Science Guy, what is the point of those distinctions? Why can't you just call them all meteors and just be like, hey, this meteor hasn't entered Earth's atmo- Earth gravitational pull yet, this meteor has entered gravitational pull and will be entering the atmosphere, and this meteor crushed into Siberia. Do you know what? I do not know the answer to that. Uh, back it when I... seems like it's just hard for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason um, is because the here. here's what I'd say. It's kind of like Latin or some languages where the object was always called a, it's like called a meteor, right? And then we tack things on because it was like, well, hey, there's a rock in space. It's a meteor. And then we're like, well, not really. It's meteor-like. It could be a meteor if it were to show us the nice lights that it would show us when it goes burning through the atmosphere. Because then we also have asteroid and comet. There is entirely too many words for rocks in space. Yeah, that's true. So ast- so that's actually a good point. Are you going wonder... to say it off the dome again and have to make another correction next week? Uh, you know what this feels like to me? Huh. This feels like the distinction between a magazine and a clip. And I know there's a difference, and I know to some people it's important, but if you correct me on it, I just know I don't like you. I, so, good good point. I, I don't know what a clip is. I've never even heard of that. So, I would say, Rob, though, that probably most people would share your sentiment that this is a little bit of a, uh, a nitpicky type thing here. Um... And in this case, I don't think it matters too much. I just wanted to be more precise because I'm pretty sure I said it wrong. I said something like meteoroid is what it is once it hits or something like that. If you're going to define them on a podcast, you should probably be right. However, (laughs) if you are standing in the middle of downtown and you look up and there's a giant space rock hurtling towards you and you say, holy shit. There's a meteor, and the guy next to you st- points in the shoulder. Is like, Ugh. actually, <laughs> that's a meteorite. Then you just use the you sacrifice them to the meteor, because by the time it hits them, it will be a meteor, right? No, no, it's the opposite. Ah, whatever. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to tell you guys about a young man. Named George Springer. Okay. <laughs> Rob, we're gonna is, talk about this. Rob, yeah, Rob is realizing that it's not actually about sports. It's not but about sports. Okay. Our friend, we'll call him Young Man George Springer, or we could just call him the individual, call him young if you'd like. <laughs> young Springer. He uh, was in the dugout. I actually don't know the story at all. Rob could probably tell it better. But anyway, someone gets uh, basically struck out. So the umpire calls a third strike. And let's be honest, guys. This thing's fucking bullshit. This third strike is bullshit. The camera happens to be on our friend, young man George Springer. And it appears as though... And let's just be... Let's to, to go up front. This podcast is explicit. It's about to be explicit for a while. Uh, his lips appear to mouth the words fucking cocksucker. Um, 
Anyway, long story short, he is subsequently fined for that. I don't want to talk about uh, the fact that he's kind of in the dugout. The camera was on. Like, like he wasn't in the umpire's face calling him anything. He's, like, kind of in his own private space, or so he thought. It just a camera happened to be on. Blah, none of that matters. What I want to talk about is the fact that he was... He was fined, um, I think generally speaking, not because he said fucking cocksucker. If he had said something else like fucking bullshit, then I don't think he would be fined because plenty of players get, uh, you know, you can see them mouthing profanities. He's fined because uh, this is a, uh, a anti-gay slur or a homophobic utterance or something in that, let's just say, that category. And this discussion is going to be very important. I just want to put it on the record that the way Aaron described what just happened, I'm aware that's not exactly how it happened, but that's not important. I just don't want anyone to message in saying you don't know what actually happened. But that was absolutely close enough to what actually (laughs) happened for the point of this discussion. Send me a private email. (laughs) Don't send an email to the podcast because Rod could write write this. The history that I but it's not important until it's not important. So just before we begin, I want to I want to play my own devil's advocate, and I just want to let you guys go. I see two interesting sides to this. The first side is that uh, cocksucker. While I'm certain, and you can look it up, there's there's some you can see different things, but like it's generally used today. As uh, someone being, uh, you know, immature or like mean spirited and, and, and like that, right? But I think we could all guess that more than likely it was used as kind of like a, you know, you're a cocksucker and probably was referencing this person sucks cock and is therefore, if you said that to a man, uh, homosexual, which was a lot less exp- like um, accepted 100 years ago or 200 years ago. I think it was like late 1800s is when they think it came into be. Fun aside here. Apparently, oh, not a fun fact? Fun fact. I looked this up. I don't know if it's true, but etymology.com says it's true. Uh, there was a guy who used cocksucker in Latin like literally 2,000 years ago. But apparently Latin has some, and, and even having been someone who studied Latin, I didn't know this. It didn't mean you are a cocksucker. It meant you are one who thinks that other people should be sucking your cock. And it was one word. And that, the etymology.com or whatever was like, that's actually more of how we use it today. You're such a dick. You're an asshole. You're such an asshole that you like expect other people to suck your cock because you told them to like that's how douchey you are right and so interestingly enough that was used in latin in a similar way but it didn't mean you're a cocksucker it meant you're a person who wants people to suck your cock when you tell them to anyway so i would say on that side of playing devil's advocate of both sides there there's a sense of we have other words like motherfucker and bastard I would argue that motherfucker, like, legitimately kind of may have meant that as an insult. Like, you fuck your mother, and that's not cool, so that should be an insult to you. And I think even more poignant is bastard. 
we you humans have had a history of denigrating people who were born out of wedlock and treating them differently and treating them as though they are subhuman or not worthy of the same rights and privileges of other humans and yet today we use it in almost the same way that you would use cocksucker right like he could have just as easily said fucking bastard and it would have been kind of the same sentence like that guy's being mean he's mean-spirited or he's he's making a bad call or whatever it is so we have a history of words that and, and i would argue and here's here's my final point on this side i would argue that at least in my generation anytime i've heard cocksucker I viewed it more of like I would view motherfucker or bastard. Like I didn't actually think I, I like it all. It didn't even process through my brain. This is because this person is making is trying to say that this person's gay and that's bad. Like that never really crossed my mind when I hear it. Just as when I hear motherfucker or bastard, the connotation that being a motherfucker or being born out of wedlock is negative doesn't cross my mind it's just a word that people use in that context that being said actual gay people will admit uh, i i saw an interview with anderson cooper in which he was responding to alec baldwin calling someone a cocksucker and he said i don't think alec baldwin meant any offense and i don't think he's homophobic homophobic but at the end of the day, cocksucker is an anti-gay slur. It, it was born out of a desire to say being gay is, gay is bad. And when a man calls another man a cocksucker, he's saying, you suck cock, that makes you gay, that makes you bad. And that's even though we don't necessarily use it like that today. And I don't think that Alec Baldwin went, meant it that way. And I don't think 99% of people mean it that way. It was born as an anti-gay slur. Or, or at least saying that being gay is negative, and that makes it an anti-gay slur. So that's my piece. What say you? I think Steven's going to have a much more interesting take on this than I'm going to have. So I'm going to go ahead and say my piece quickly. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> when Aaron was describing the definition of what cocksucker means in more of a colloquial modern sense... He said it meant some like one of the things you said is it meant someone immature, uh-huh. and that made me think that cocksucker was only a word that would be used by mature people. And then I got an image of like a fancy British person going around in their posh like <laughs> top hat and like and, and bow tie and all that type of stuff, just calling people cocksucker, and that just made me laugh. Um, That's your piece. <laughs> uh, secondarily, there's actually a lot of research into the fact that swearing is actually helpful, that it mm. alleviates stress and that it allows people to perform better after swearing, and that in terms when you're swearing because of pain, it actually reduces the pain that you're actually feeling when you swear after it. Mm. And I'm just worried that over time I'm going to lose all of my favorite cuss mm. words. I'm pretty much just going to have fuck left. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's all I got to say. Okay, okay. Um as as far as him getting fined, I think that's a little unnecessary. I think he should, you know, if he were to just like publicly apologize, that would be fine with me. Um mm. I think that would be preferable <laughs> to just straight up finding him. Um Yeah. But 
Um, like, cocksucker is one of those things where I I definitely don't immediately think, oh, that's a gay slur. But yeah. then again, like, my opinion on it doesn't really matter that much if I'm not a gay person. Um, mm. But... Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, like as as far as his punishment is concerned, I I think finding is unnecessary. They should just be like, "Hey, apologize and don't do it again," and like everyone can move on with their lives. Because, um, but how do you feel about its usage? Or like, do you think it's a word that we should be as a society trying to um, decrease the usage of? Um, my first instinct is that it's pretty harmless, but then again, like, uh, it's not gonna hurt anyone by not saying cocksucker anymore. And, yeah, um, it's one of those situations where when, when people complain about politically correct culture being, and, and they're like, oh, what, so I can't say this word anymore? And I'm just like, do you do you need to be able to say that word? Like, is it integral mm. to your life? Like, can you not go on living without being able to call someone a gay slur? Like, is your life seriously impacted? Are you financially mm. ruined now for some reason? Like, and <laughs> uh, <in, laughs> it's like, I feel like a lot of straight white people really do not take it well when someone tells them they can't do something because that's not like a normal part of their life. <laughs> yep. It's, historically, uh, straight white people tell other people not yeah. to do things. They don't, they don't get told that they can't do things. <laughs> Something that I've been thinking about a bit lately is that when you're asking someone to change something, then you're essentially saying is that they've been doing something wrong. And so in order for them to be able to make that change, they have to deal with the fact that maybe saying cocksucker is homophobic and that they have been doing something homophobic. And so that the immediate response to being told that you're doing something homophobic, especially if you're someone who doesn't think they are homophobic, is to get maybe a little defensive. And it's and no matter how nicely you ask them to make this change, you are essentially saying, hey, you're doing something wrong. Can you do me a favor and not do that thing anymore? And people tend to just clam up and get defensive. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, it's it's. I think that's a really poignant point because I I feel like I run into that a lot where I'm talking to someone and they just can't accept that their actions make people feel this way and then they get very defensive or whatever. But what you just said, that's how I feel about cocksucker, <laughs> right? My my right my gut reaction is I'm not homophobic. Fuck you, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and so it's interesting that you know anyone can fall into that trap of you know you kind of have to take a step back, right? Kind of like Stephen said, you you take a little bit of a step back and you say you know 
there, there might be an, a, a middle ground where you can tell yourself, I know I'm not homophobic and I never meant it homophobic or and I never meant it to be anti-gay and I don't feel that way. But now that I know that people feel this way, I am going to choose to change my actions so that I can ensure that, you know, I'm continuing to actually be what I think I am, which is not homophobic, right? Or not anti-gay. And I think it's hard, it's hard to do that because you, and that's why I say you, you can admit that you're wrong. You can also say, I was wrong to do it. I didn't mean it that way. But now that I know how it makes people feel... I'm going to, you know, change the way. And and I, I admit it's hard because that's my, when I first, when someone first said that to me, I was like, that's not an anti-gay slur. What, what are you talking about? Like, it's just a funny, bad word, just like bastard or something like that. Um, Recently, I've been trying to get rid of the word bitch from my vocabulary, but like, it's been such an integral part of my like word choice for so long. It's, it's been a bit of a struggle. You know what I'm saying? So that's an interesting one too. I I use that too, but I I use it. Uh, so yeah, this is this is all, and maybe this is why, like, you could go full circle on using bad words. Like, you're so liberal, you don't care that bad words are bad words. But then eventually, you realize that all of your bad words are, in some cases, deeply offensive to people. And because in my opinion, I use bitch, but I. Th- feel like i use it comically i will it's almost always comma space bitch and it's almost always towards a man yeah i i it's definitely something that hasn't completely worked its way out of my vocabulary but i will i will never say it towards a woman and i will never use it to imply that someone is behaving like a woman like i won't call someone a little bitch but i i'm definitely prone to just exclaiming like son of a bitch and that's not like directed same, at same. anyone, um, but yeah. you you brought up an interesting point. Um, my my mom gets on my case a lot about how much I swear on social media, and uh-huh. and like the last time she brought it up, she was like, "You and all your friends swear so much on all your your posts," and I was like, "Oh," and I was also get in. It's because I, I, and then I like gave her shit about how upsets she gets when anyone swears around her, even when it's not like directed. When it's not like any derogatory or anything or... like that, and I, and I'm just like, yeah. and she, and that's why she said she was just like, oh, like why should I care what you have to say about it? Like you and your friends just like cuss all the time. And I'm just like that's because. Uh-huh the stuff that we find offensive now is stuff that's genuinely meant to be derogatory. Like we yeah, never, yeah. we never say, or at least try our damnedest not to say slurs. Cause that yeah. is denigrating a very specific kind of person. But like saying fuck, no, no one like, there's no reason to be offended by the word fuck. Exactly. It, it's, and, and, um, Rob and I have had this conversation before and, and, I think that's important to note is it's, it's really weird when um, it, it, you, you see this like hatred of bad words, but 
they don't distinguish between when those bad words are meant to like hurt people. And that's something that Rob and I talked about the other day, not on the podcast, that with with a word like cocksucker, he made a point. It's like, and I'm going to say a word that I hate, but I'll quote it, quote it. You don't see God hates cocksuckers on signs like you see God hates fags, right? And that is meant to attack, belittle, and hurt people. Right? Like that is meant to be a slur. It's meant to be hurtful. And when you call your buddy a cocksucker in a video game, or you call a, an umpire a fucking cocksucker, or you say son of a bitch, you're, you're not trying to say that that person, you know, it, in some cases, some people have probably used it that way, but you can tell it in context that he was just, he just said it in the dugout and he's not trying to make a slur towards anyone. You know, and, and so it it while it's still like we've said is is an anti-gay slur and it does make people feel uncomfortable. There's you can often tell in context whether it was meant to be hurtful and meant to be painful towards people. Right. Allow me to give an anecdote about my own thoughts and how they've evolved Um from the time I was 14 to the time that I am now, which is like a 29-year-old me. Mm-hmm. That feeling is that um, words only mean what you allow them to mean. So if you don't allow a word to offend you, then it shouldn't offend you. Mm-hmm. And I would amend that today to be like, well, I still think that's true. It's You're not saying the words because they do or don't offend you. You're not or are saying the words because of the way they affect the people around you. So if people are genuinely asking you to not say a particular word or group of words, then it's not that much effort to just not say them. Just to like try to eliminate them from your vernacular. Uh, it's just not that big a burden. Um, so you're just accommodating more people this way. And isn't the world a nicer and better place when more people can feel comfortable with the way other people are speaking and like, and listening to them? And like, I'm sure in the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot more instances of words that we currently use that people are going to point out like hey wait that word kind of sucks do you think you could not use it and i'm going to continue to try to make those adjustments and i hope that more people do continue to try to make those adjustments to accommodate as many people as they possibly can i think they make the world a bit better of a place sure but what if that word is fuck you're you're like going out of your way to be upset by a word though like that what bothers me about that is it's like fuck doesn't say anything about one particular group of people so it's it's that attitude like what my mom has where it's almost like you're treating swear words like they're they're like magical bad words and saying them makes something yeah. bad happen it's like voldemort yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so that that's kind of what I'd say is I'd still be pre- – I would be – I would argue against dropping a word unless there is at least a group that you could point to to say that, like, this word is describing a group negatively or used to describe a group negatively. Bitch, 
son of a bitch gets latched onto that bastard, right? Hard F's, hard C's, right? Like these, these are all words that have historically been used for a group. Maybe they aren't used like that today, but they historic, they have a historical context associated with them where fuck shit, damn cock. Those don't. Uh, something that bothers me regularly, and like, there's some, there's some group of people that maybe just haven't explained to me why, effective enough to me, explain me why it's okay. But I really wish, like, the groups that these derogatory terms are used against would also stop using them. I just wish that words like you know the hard f and the n word would just go away. Yeah, I I actually completely I don't think that's that outrageous to say. You know, um, you, Anderson Cooper, as part of your community, should also be helping educate your community, right? Um, and 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 what I think is good about the way Anderson Cooper said that, he, he, is, he was like, look, I know that, um, what's his face, Alec Baldwin is a an LGBTQ ally, or at least more of an LGBTQ ally than the average American citizen, Um and so it, it 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 stands to reason that, you know, as a group of people, you might want to say, hey, I'd prefer not to be called uh, a honky anymore, you know, for these reasons. But if you do it, if you do it yourself, then it, it doesn't it makes the argument a little less strong, you know, and, and that's, I think, the same for anything. That's one thing to be said about Protestants who don't like bad words is that they don't use them. So they are at least like standing, you know, keeping to their, uh, I, I find every like substitution for fuck to be more offensive to hear than actually hearing fuck. Like when fucking Battlestar Galactica fans say frack, like I cringe and just like. What are you five? So like <laughs> Patton Oswalt actually has a bit about that, huh? Oh yeah, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna fill your hoo ha with goof juice. The stuff, everything leading up to the eventual Democratic primary has been interesting so far, and. One thing that I've noticed is it's really it's really bizarre to me that like like Obama for instance has referred to the current dialogue around like all the candidates as being about like purity politics and a he called it a circular firing squad and I've seen other people like echoing that sentiment but like what's what's wrong with people actually being critical of people's ideas leading up to the primary like should we really just be leaving candidates alone just because they're democrats like don't we i feel like we get better ideas if we call people on what we perceive to be bullshit before we get to the primary like, one thing that's driving me insane is 
Elizabeth Warren ha- keeps coming out with like really fucking solid policy, and yep, she's trailing behind people like Buttigieg, who has literally no policy on his website, but already has a color scheme for his campaign, and people yeah. seem to just be getting behind him because he's uh, like the least offense, like the the most approachable kind of gay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I would say, I think, I feel like I use the phrase, the biggest problem is way too many times. <laughs> um, because in, in truth, I think the biggest problem in politics is campaign finance. Would, would you say, <laughs> fun fact... The bi- you say the biggest problem too many t- too much. Fun, yes, I would say that. Fun fact, I say the biggest problem is too many times. But I, I feel like one of the things that feeds into this a lot, and it has to do a lot with campaign finance and just our election system in general, is the idea of political capital. Like this idea that I feel like Trump really could go to Main Street and kill someone. And it's not just that Republicans would defend him. It's also... Nancy Pelosi would also defend him. And I'm not saying that she would quote-unquote defend him, but I'm saying she would not impeach him. Because it's too much political capital expenditure. Right? And so I feel like that's one of the things that's so frustrating to me is that it feels like the more ideas that you have and the, the more well thought out your plans are like Elizabeth Warren, the less co- political capital that gives you. The best political capital you can get is by being as bland and neutral as possible, which is gross in my opinion. So I think it's two things. And I think that Stephen said opposing things. The problem is Democrats don't know how to win elections because (laughs) while Republicans are standing there like in tow, in a straight line, all saying the same things, Democrats are all busy being free thinkers. (laughs) And that is great for being an intellectual. It's bad for winning elections. So by criticizing our, our candidates in primary season... All you're doing is doing the Republicans' job in the actual election season for them. You're giving them all of the talking points. You're telling them what to criticize these candidates on. You're making it super easy on them so that when we get to the general election, Hillary's got to deal with Benghazi still, whereas Democrats won't even talk about all of the stuff that Trump did wrong. Like, they won't talk about it. They're like, it's, it's below them. It's like, that's all the voters are hearing. Then The voters are hearing all the shitty stuff Hillary did, and... Never once in a debate did Hillary bring up grab him by the pussy. Like, she didn't ever bring that up. And, like, if you want to win elections, you got to play the game. And if you want to change the game, that's great. Do it. But for now, we have one game, and Democrats suck at it because <laughs> we attack our own. We are above the political attack ads Republicans are constantly putting out. And as, like, the uneducated voter, and these are the things you're seeing, it's, like... Hillary's the fucking devil while Trump is a businessman. And that's all they're seeing. If they're not going out of the way to see anything else. Like, of course they're going to vote for not the devil. Yeah. So, like, Democrats need to either change the game or play it. And they're not... 
doing either. Mm. So, of course, they're going to keep winning elections, even though I believe the majority of Americans agree with their policies, but policies don't win campaigns. I mean, technically... Color schemes do. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, the policies did win the popular vote. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's at least to a degree, right? And so... That's one thing that I try to take a step back on and say is like in many ways, yes, I agree that Democrats are not as good as at playing the game as Republicans are. Like it, it's, it, and we've had arguments about this, and we've had arguments about this on the podcast before, where I don't think we should. I don't think Democrats should play the game, uh, and they're not as good at it. But at the same time, the policies, not you know, three million Americans more than thought that Hillary was the devil, thought that Hillary wasn't the devil and Trump was not a businessman. Right, Um, three million out of how many? I know, which is not enough. I agree. It was such an obvious, like Hillary was the most qualified human being to ever run for president of the United States and she beat a moron by three million. Like, that is not the way it should have been. I agree. I'm I'm not arguing that. It should have been... Uh, and it's because Republicans are better at campaigning in the no current question. rules. No question. I am I, not arguing against that. That's for sure. Trump had less money. He had. He didn't even have the support of his party for the most part. They were kind of on the board about wanting to be behind this guy. Like and I, uh, I don't. I don't think we need. I don't think Democrats need to play the game, so to speak. But the problem has been and I, I i feel like i've 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 mentioned this series on the podcast before the uh, the all right talking points videos um yeah and they have one uh that's called uh we go high they go low and that's what yeah. michelle obama's whole thing was and that's kind of what democrats have been doing and that's not working because it's refusing to play the game while still just, you know, hoping to get by on, like, uh, decorum and, like, civility and shit. Yep. And I feel like it's not enough to not play the game. You have to not play the game and also say, this game is bullshit. And not hold back on saying this game is bullshit. And I feel like that's what a lot of people... Like, I think AOC is a really good, like... And to uh, to a certain extent, Ilhan Omar are like really good examples of this. Um, just c- like like watch their like social media presence and stuff. They they have no problem just like not in so many words, but just being like, "Hey, fuck mega millionaires." Whereas Joe Biden's like, <laughs> "I think rich people are nice. I don't care what the big deal is." And <laughs> and like AO- AOC will will straight up call people out on social media like as as close as you can get as to someone's face just being like you're a liar i think you're full of shit i think your policies are full of shit and i think that's more of the attitude that we need to take instead of just like pretending that that democrats are like above it all um and because then like you said you end up with like milquetoast candidates like like biden and people keep talking about how he's the most electable and he has the most electability, but like he only 
is the most electable, in my opinion, by virtue of people just saying, we think he's the most electable. He's the most Because, like, yeah. when, you actually, when you actually, like, find any polling data on it or something, I remember there was, like, one poll in particular that they're like, oh, Biden is leading in the polls, but that's be, but it was only with, like, white people, like, over the age of 45 and, like, the amount, the amount of <laughs> younger people who supported Biden was literally, like, statistically insignificant. Yeah. I mean, what you just said is, is what I'm getting at, though. Like, you either need to play the game or change it. And that would, like, constantly coming out, what AOC, I think, is doing, and, you know, some other people, Elizabeth Warren, I think, is doing, is changing the game. They're trying to play a different game than the ones the Republicans are playing. And I'm all for that strategy. That's a decent strategy. Do something different, but don't just keep rolling out safe candidates saying safe things. And yeah. expecting to get, like, they're too afraid of going too far left. Well, Trump is about as far right as we've been, and they got his base riled up. Let's get someone super far left out there. Bernie got everyone super riled up. Why can't, what, what's wrong with that? Let's just go far left. I, I, think, I think you and I uh, agree, Rob. I, I, I'm just saying, and, and like, I think yeah. that the way that you get further left candidates is not, is by like being willing to even though you're a democrat be like hey these particular democrats their policies are like nothing and like barely left of center we can do better yeah so rob one thing that i would say is i i didn't i don't quite disagree with you on those points i think where i disagree is some of the like not just going far left, but but taking the next step of going like anti, you know, just anti-intellectual, right? Because I because I feel like that doesn't hurt elections either. Like I've often said, I don't think Trump even lies; he just talks. I don't think he even cares what is or is not true. He just fucking says whatever he feels like saying. And it's it's like if we want to go far left and be like have AOC, that's fine with me, but she doesn't talk like that, right? She doesn't just make shit up. She'll tell it how it is. That's fine with me. Being being, you know, aggressively supportive of your of your own policies and aggressively go after policies that you think are bad, that's totally fine with me. But taking the next step of just making shit up or just generally being a fucking prick of a human being is not how far I want to go. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I I, 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 I hear you. Uh, but, you know, can we go back to something you said earlier about Trump shooting someone and his people continue to support him? Yeah. We might legitimately find out how true that is now. Because I saw a map today of all of the farms that are going bankrupt under the new tariffs. And they are all in Republican land. Mm. Like, they are all Midwestern, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska. That's where, like, the red spots of farmers going bankrupt are. So, uh, he's pretty much walked up and shot all of them. Let's see how they vote. <laughs> yeah, he's metaphorically shot all of them. Uh, they'll find a way to oh, say yeah, it's, it's not Trump's it's fault. Immigrants. And then they'll end up voting for him. I'm sure of it. Some of them will. Um, you know, there are some who 
won't say that. Um, you have an optimist, Aaron. I, well, no, I, I mean, like, you, I like there, that about there, you. <laughs> there was a, there was a daily, like you know, approximately a year and a half ago or something like that, and and it was a farmer who was like, "Look, I voted for Trump, but these tariffs are terrible." You know, and and he's like, "I I wouldn't vote for him again." Because I, I think that, you know, when he said he would be strong, we, we didn't think that he would be strong in such an idiotic way. He would at least be strong in, a, in an intellectual way. We'll see yeah. what he, that voter does when the poll is either a gay dude from Ohio or Elizabeth Warren on the other side of the ballot. We'll see how he votes. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I, I, I heard about a, a lot of people, and this is baffling to me, but I heard about a lot of people that were like, who voted for Trump who say they would have voted for Bernie if he had been the democratic front runner. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of that too. And I just can't, like they just must not know who Bernie is. I, I or think must they, not know who Trump is. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. I, I think it's like a, a mix between like, uh, like sexism, Anarchist. like sexism and, uh, people who, they just wanted something that seemed radically different, no matter which direction yeah. it was. Yeah. Or, or maybe, yeah, I don't care how yeah. we burn this place. Or, down, or maybe Bernie came across yeah. to them as someone who's who is at least honest, and they're like, "I'll do anything to not have someone who's a liar in 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 the office." And Hillary has a probably mostly unearned reputation for being a liar yeah i so i don't want to get sidetracked too much i I do want to say that like uh, today did you guys listen to the daily today Mm -hmm. at all i do not consume the news oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) um I, i feel like one of the things that's really upsetting for me is the fact that some of the embarrassing things that the United States have done, at least, you know, even through the Bush years, I felt like we're behind us. Um, and I feel like that's not the case. And, and a big example of this is like, we are literally trying to make people, everyday people like you and me, die in Iran right now. Just because... John Bolton is a fucking asshole. Like, there is no evidence that his policy position will work. There is no evidence that, like, his direction is the right direction. And yet, the United States is making every effort possible to make life unfucking bearable for regular people under some theory that the people will rise up that is not a good theory at all. And it's so upsetting to me that, like, we are treating human beings like some type of pawn in John Bolton's weird fucking Hannibal Lecter-esque obsession with being a dick to Iran. He was part of the fucking Iran-Contra affair. How is this guy in office? Like, I, I know. I, I, yeah, it's, it's completely flabbergasting to me that... And, and I know people who support that position and they claim to be, and I hate making this argument, but they claim to be uh, religious and things like that. And I cannot understand how you reconcile your government purposefully fucking over millions of people 
for one fucking guy's weird hard on for fucking over the Islamic uh, regime in is in Iran. Like, I can't understand how you reconcile those two things. Like, literally, purposefully making human beings' lives as worse as like terrible as possible. And 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 to not even say we're dumb, we're gonna step out of the agreement, but then to say. And if you, European country, work with Iran, we're going to fuck you over too. So they basically have to choose between doing business with the United States or Iran. To go that far just to fuck over everyday people is so... It would be so great if the EU decided to just ignore that. Because the United States cannot stop trading with the EU. Honestly, and I'm sure that uh, this is why I should never run for any office whatsoever. Because this clip right here. Like, I legitimately fucking wish that we have ever been in the position where a country can be such fucking assholes to us. And, like, really, how would you feel if you're fucking minding your goddamn business in your fucking store and another country, even when your country was trying to, in good faith, enter into a deal, not that your country's perfect, but your country in good faith was trying to enter in a deal, and that fucking country literally goes to the ends of the earth just to dick you over. You, the everyday, regular fucking person. Like, I wish that we would get crippled enough to go through that just so that we can fucking feel what it's like. It's the same with Trump voters. <sighs> like, that's so upsetting to me. Anyway, that's probably not something that you should say out loud, but I legitimately think it's just we're so privileged to be able to fucking walk around with a goddamn bat and just beat people over the head with it like fucking ingrates. It's so it's so upsetting. No, I I totally get what you mean. Like uh if if the US was a person, like we we fucking deserve to get what's coming to us. Yeah. We'd be a fucking street tough with a baseball bat. We'd be fucking What's that? Who's that famous actor who like literally blinded a fucking Vietnamese guy because he's a fucking racist? Oh, it's um, one of those generic white dudes, Mark Wahlberg. Mark yeah. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he doesn't seem like as bad of a human being now, but that's who the U.S. is. Him walking down the street, beating, fucking beating someone just because of who they are. Like, and just to be a fucking dick. Like, that is literally who the U.S. is as a human being. It's, it's so appalling. And again, I'm not saying that that Vietnamese guy was perfect, and I'm not saying that Iran is perfect, but I am saying that we are, like, deliberately fucking over everyday human beings. Uh, hey, Stephen, what do you do... That you want to um, I'm still doing my podcast, Mind the Headspace. It's There's a new episode every month. Generally comes out somewhere between the 15th and the 20th. Um, and if you don't know what it is already, it's a monthly podcast where it's a 45-minute or more mix by a DJ or producer from the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it tends to be more on the... Uh, eclectic and like kind of 
experimental side of electronic music. It's mostly electronic dance music, but not necessarily always dance music. Hey, Stephen, did you see that comic that I saw on Reddit the other day that was like a group of aliens sitting around a table? And they were like, okay, we've sent the message. Have the humans received it? And the guy looks up and is like, yeah, they received it. And it seems like they're dancing to it. I feel like that's a... that's a, a there, There's something in there about like dubstep, isn't there? Like, I feel like that was... No, I don't think oh, they okay. explicitly call out any one genre. Yeah. I think they just... Uh, <laughs> it's implied. I thought it was funny. Anyway, sorry, that no, was off fine. topic again. Uh, Facebook... Google, I mean, email, uh, tweet, Reddit, all still got nothing. No G. Wait. Uh, Come visit us. Steven will be here next week. What books are we reviewing? You're really going to say next week? Like, uh, that's bold. I mean, okay. Should we say two I weeks? will actually We'll will say actually when we finish the book. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I fucked up real bad. I got. Either way, what books are we reading, Rob? Uh, Color of Magic. Yep. And I honestly forget the name of the second one. Let me bring it up since I'm in the middle of listening to it. The Light Fantastic mm-hmm. by Terry Pratchett. Both by Terry Pratchett. They're the first two books in Discworld. If you're not interested in fantasy normally, I'd, I'd suggest them just because they're uh, comedy, phantomedy. Phantom, I have fantasy? no idea what you're trying know. to say right now. <laughs> I'm trying to say like dramedy, but it's comedy oh, fantasy. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. just uh, straight ahead fantasy. Yeah, it's like it's like genuinely one of the funnier books I've ever read. Like I've laughed out loud several times, and it's like it's not making fun of fantasy, but it is taking it very lightly. And yeah, like, it, it does make fun of it a little bit. Um, it's not so much making fun of it. It's just like a a, a different side of fantasy that that it, it, it's a more ridiculous world. It doesn't take. It's not a very serious world. Should I give? Can I can I give a teaser that isn't any spoilers? I don't think. Well, he's about to spoil something. So if you don't want to hear it, turn it off now. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a trend for Aaron, isn't it? <laughs> One of the things that I love is uh, they're trying to translate one guy's words to another to like the common to the speech that the other language has and one of the words is translated as the collective uh reverberating sounds of underground uh humanoids it's it's like underground souls or something underground souls or something like that and the entire book you're like what in the fuck is that it doesn't make any sense Anyway, when you find out what that translates to, it's pretty awesome. 